Hi everyone, this is Shola Oyeni of ACL Sports and you're welcome to today's episode of Your Sports Memo Podcast. In the next three weeks, we'll be giving you episodes on the ongoing Women's African Cup of Nations in Morocco. Take us through through this episode and to help us dissect and analyze everything that is going on in Morocco, I have a team of sport journalists across the country who are quite vast in their knowledge of women's football and you would meet them in a bit. So I'd like to introduce Blessing Forward of Splash FM. Blessing, how are you doing this morning? I'm fine. Um, this is you on the show with you, Kala. All right. Thank you very much. Um, next up is Monsurat of Paul's Sports. Yeah. Hello, everyone. And thanks for having me on the podcast. All right. to have you too, Monsurat. Also, we have Tayo. Yeah, hello everyone. Nice to be part of this. And we hope, of course, we hope to have a very jolly ride throughout the entirety of this Women of Kaka Professionals competition. All right. Thank you very much. Along the line, we'd also have some other people join us, you know, due to certain issues. Some people were unable to join in today. So subsequently, we'll have more people on the show. So let's get right into it. Um, we finished the first round of games, and we've seen the teams, we've seen the big girls, we've seen the debutants, we've seen the perennial participants and all of that. I'd like to ask, I think starting with you, Blessing, what um, will you say has stood out for you so far in the tournament? What has been your highlight of the tournament? You know, generally, it could be maybe even about the VAR, about the referee, about the game. Just generally, what would you say has been your highlight so far? Um, generally, I would say my highlight uh, has been some of the things that we really probably didn't expect, uh, you know, them to do so much, being that uh, their status in the competition, you know, um, not so much of powerhouses, some debutants. I'd say that I've been really impressed with their outing so far. Um, an example is uh, Botswana with the game they played yesterday. I mean, the kind of uh, performance that they gave, uh, the way they played actually, I thought, um, you know, that's huge for them. Another example is um, Zambia. Zambia, uh, despite the fact that they didn't have their, their, their superstar in the team, uh, they were still able to hold their own against um, Cameroon. I, I thought you know, that was a good, uh, you know, a good way of showing themselves, showing showing how you know things are going for them. And um, I also say one of the other things that stood out for me: the use of the video assistant referee. I, I think that's the first time I'm seeing that technology being used in a women's game. Uh, I think it was used in the CAF Women's Championship. Maybe that's that's the first time. But hey, at the completion of this magnitude, um, I also seeing the video assistant referee. I thought that was also, you know, uh, was also good. And of course, the host nation in Morocco and um, what is it that they are giving to the world in terms of infrastructure? I mean, 
for someone who has been to Morocco once, I mean, I I, I remember seeing those uh, edifices that they have, and I wonder, I mean, where where exactly do we stand with those kind of structures in Nigeria? So yes, I think those are the things that that have stood out for me so far. All right, bless you. Thank you very much, Malak. How about you? What would you say has been your high point in the tournament so far? Yeah, I think I have similar points as blessing, but one of the things that actually standards for me as a lady, I would say the fashion sense of the players, you know, is like being the oh, yeah. time, yeah, the fashion sense like a lot of football fans believe women footballers look more like men. They look too athletic, they don't have fashion sense and all that. So with the like of yes, size, eyelashes and stuff that I've been seeing so far, I believe the ladies are actually being more feminine when it comes to women's football. However, outside of fashion, I would say Kava really tried with the introduction of the VAR to the women's game. And the officiating so far has not been bad. Uh, with the like of Salima, with the like of our own so I, I believe the oxygen has been has been like a top grade and I look forward to seeing African referees at the coming World Cup. With the organization as well, I think Morocco really tried in terms of the standard of the pitch and everything they have put in place to host this competition. They have really tried. So looking at the debutants like Man, there is no small thing in Africa again. Gone are the days where we talk about having tall things and the small things. But with what happened so far in the rank one of the group stage, uh, there is no more small things in Africa. The games have been good, especially the game uh, between Cameroon and Zambia. That game was top notch because you know Cameroon used to be up there when it comes to African women's football, but the Zambians actually went um, toe to with them and they got like a deserving um, draw in that game. Then talking of powerhouses, the game between Supercons and South Africa, that was the talk of town when it comes to women's football. Like it's a final before final. But unfortunately, Nigeria has the receiving end. They didn't perform too well, but South Africa have shown us that well. When you have the talent and you are sleeping, as work we overcome you, and that is what we saw in that. South Africans are started, and they have like sent a massive message to other African countries. Like, if you believe you are still at the top, you are powerhouses. Men, we are not sleeping in our country as well. We are catching up with you, which is what they showed us in that game. And I look to see more of that in the coming rounds. All right, then, Molad. I, I, I think I like the angle you came from, from the fashion part. And it, it reminds me of Egenomwa's uh, uh, look, the World Cup, the 2019 World Cup. I can never, ever get over that look. Anytime I remember it, I'm always like, God. You know, so I think that's another thing that, you know, um, to consider in the tournament that has actually been impressive. Okay, so um, now we have Favor has joined us. Favor Itwa from Wazobia FM Port Harcourt. Favor, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, Shola. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to all the guys on this space. Uh, good to join you guys. I mean, it's really exciting. 
All right, thank you very much. Okay, I'll be back to you. But before then, um, Fisayo, what would you say has been your, what is your assessment of the tournament so far? You know, we've gone through the first round of games. What, what has, you know, caught your attention? Well, hello once again. Um, my assessment of the competition so far, oh, it's, it's not been bad, um, if I have to be honest. It's not been bad. Um, many of the things I've seen, they are not less than expected. The host nation did the job in the opening game. Yeah, even if South Africa defeated Nigeria, I wouldn't say it is unexpected. It was, it was expected for me, you know, especially as soon as we saw the starting lineup. So it's been a competition that has gone maybe according to expectation. The only game that has surprised me a little bit was the Cameroon Zambia game because for all their pedigree and the stars they have in their family, you will expected the indomitable analysis to win that against the couple bullets, but the Zambians were able to hold them to a draw. So far, so good. I don't think um, if you have the right expectations, this is Women's Africa Cup of Nations. It is not the men's tournament. It is not the Women's World Cup. You know, so um, expectations have to be uh, in order in terms of what to expect in competitions like this. I, I have not been disappointed, I must say. And it's the first round of games. And their teams tend to be cagey, you know, teams tend to be a little bit casual in their approach, of course, because nobody really likes to win their, they like to lose their, their first particular game. So maybe I'm very sure going to the second round and third round of matches, we get to see more teams going gongo and, you know, try expressing themselves, themselves more than we saw in the first round of games. So it's been nice. And But for my point particularly, I'm happy to see what the North African countries are doing. That's Morocco and Tunisia. Yeah, mm. you know that when it comes to women's football in Africa, the, the North, northern part of Africa is actually the powerhouse. You know, but it's a competition they are hosting. I think for the first time as well that they're hosting the, the tournament. And so they have to own it. It's your tournament. You have to own it. And it's good to see Tunisia flashing Togo by four goals to one. Yes, you can argue that the Togo leads are hardly one of the best teams from the West African region, but for them to go down as much by as much as four goals, you give credit to the Tunisians and Morocco as well. I think um, the one nil win they got against Burkina Faso did not do justice to how well they played in the game. Um, so I'm happy to see that the North Africans are really trying to own the tournament because it's coming to their own region this time. And um, it, it, it's been a very good one for me so far. All right, sir. Um, Fevo, I, I want to ask, I would like to deviate and ask, we, you know, the first game between Morocco and Burkina Faso in Group A, and then the other game between Senegal and Uganda, um, I don't know if you saw both games, but what is your own assessment of that group? Which teams, you know, which team, which of the teams impressed you and then which players impressed you the most in those games in Group A? 
I guess I'm be following the conversation. People are really going up through a lot to take a look at things. And they're also trying to ensure that they meet youth and experience, you know, to get the best out of the girls. So for the group player, like I said, uh, Morocco, they did a good, they did a good job. Some players stood up for me. Uh, the captain is one of them. And uh, we hope to see more from the Moroccans. And hoping that, you know, they also turn up. Because once they leave the competition early, it would really tell on how we'll get turned out at the stadium. So we still want to, we still need them also. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also tipping them to the fi- uh, to maybe the semi-finals because they look like a team who will get to that particular stage uh, in wow. this competition. All right, Favor. That's quite bold. And I think I see where you're coming from. That's quite bold to tip them up to the semi-final. And of course, I think I see where you're coming from. Okay. Um, so, uh, Favor tipped Morocco and Senegal to qualify for Group A. Does anybody have any any other um, prediction apart from that? Like Senegal, um, yes. Morocco for Group A? Actually, I do. Um, while we talk about Senegal and Morocco, I mean, it's understandable why we talk about Senegal and Morocco. I also think we shouldn't um, throw away Uganda, really. And I say that to say that if you saw their game against um, Senegal, where uh, if they lost 2 new, and the only reason they lost was maybe inexperience in front of both. They played beautifully. Like, like they were basically doing the thing and Senegal was doing the scoring. And that's why I thought um, experience uh, came to bear for Senegal in that game. Uh, the, the, there's, there's a particular player in that team, the number 10, uh, the, the lady who donned the number 10 jersey for Uganda. He was making quality passes, like spreading passes, defense splitting passes. The only problem they had in that team is that the attackers were very... Um, they, 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 were, they, were, they were blunt in front of goal number one and then secondly, making decisions in the final third was, was, was such a, a chore for them in that particular game. I mean, the, the, the moment they decide, okay, I'm going to take a shot, the keeper has already covered our bases. So if they can, you know, correct those things, I think I, I might even see them getting, maybe trying to lock on with Burkina Faso at the end of the day and let's see if, if they can improve and at least get a victory from any of this group. I know it might, it might be hard for them to get a victory against Morocco being the host nation. But if you can get a victory against Burkina Faso, come on, who says? They, we, you can also look at them as one of the best third place finishers if other results goes according to their way. All right, thank you very much. Um, now, Mollard, so you were, about you were talking about the Cameroon-Zambia game. I, for one, I watched that game. In fact, like, I, I was telling someone after the game that I expected fireworks, you know, but it, for me, it didn't live up to expectation. But of course, if I were to be a fan of the Zambian uh, women's team or if I was a player or part of the team, it's job done. It's one point from probably from one of the big girls in the team, um, in the group. It's one point from a powerhouse in women's football on the continent so what do you think about you know zambia going by their showing against cameroon what do you do you think that they can make it through this group yeah i have to say um faith in the zambia thing you know they are without their um most prolific um striker Barbara, uh, yeah. Barbara but see, they still got the job done before the game 
I would have, I would see Cameroon to win the game. But from the start of the Wizu, my opinion shifted to Zambia because they had a lot of opportunities to actually shock Cameroon. But they didn't mm-hmm. take their opportunity. And defensively, they were very good in the back. Um, looking at uh, their performance against Cameroon, two or three players stand out for me um, for Cameroon, and that is Ajara, Gabriel, and Johnson in their defense. So this Zambia thing actually did well for me. And if they can keep to their performance, like if they can perform to that level they did against Cameroon, because you know, you never can tell, maybe they just like bring in all the determination that it's like, oh, we are playing Cameroon, we have to like bring in our best. If they don't let their guard down against Tunisia and Togo, I see them qualifying as maybe second best from that group. Hmm. Thank you very much. Um, Fisayo, um, still on Group B, which teams do you think would make it out of that group alive to the next round? Well, um, there is one particular dynamic that um, maybe we are not um, considering enough. You know, is the fact that this is a 12 nation tournament. Exactly. Three groups of four teams each. And we have eight of them progressing to the quarterfinals. Which means that two out of those three groups represent three teams each to advance to the quarterfinals. So definitely, I think Group B will be one of those two groups that will present Mm -hmm. three teams at the quarterfinals. Tunisia, by the virtue of that former win over Togo, they've (laughs) got themselves a healthy goals difference. So even if they are going to lose to like Cameroon, uh, Zambia, they should still be able to have a positive goals advantage. Yes, the goals difference is coming to play. Because, because I still think both Cameroon and Zambia will finish ahead of them in that group. And if that mm. is the case, it's going to be... We'll finish yeah. ahead of Tunisia? Yes, ahead of Tunisia. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so if it be that as it may, it means that Tunisia's early advantage over Togo will be the one that will see them through in that particular group. So you already have a position Cameroon and Zambia naturally to go through and then Tunisia should join them as one of the best users. Wow. Okay. Okay. So now to go see. I know this is the one that everybody wants to talk about. Okay. So group C. Yesterday we saw 10 I said ten, I was about to say ten time African champions. Well, nine time African champions. We saw Nigeria against South Africa. And we saw Nigeria lose to you know, the Super Falcons lose to the Bayana Bayana of South Africa. And of course it's not it's not the loss is not something new in recent time. Let me put it that way. So I want to ask everybody, like, I want to hear what everybody has to say. What went wrong in that game? What went wrong in Nigeria versus South Africa in Group C? What went wrong in that game? Let me start. Morat, are you there? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so please, what is your assessment of Nigeria versus South Africa? What do you think went wrong in that game yesterday? 
for the Super Falcons? Um, I'm not surprised by the results, but I'm so disappointed by our performance. And that being said, I think what went wrong starts from the coach. You know, I've never been a fan of being foreign-based coaches. The best performances of our super performance came under the likes of Uche Keria and Florenzo Magdemi. These are own-based coaches. They know the in and out of African football. They know what they want to do. And they've seen results over time. Just like um, at the 2019 World Cup, when we were celebrating that Nigeria um, um, proceed from the group stage, I was asking people, what were you celebrating? We played nothing at that World Cup. <laughs> no tactics, no pattern, no formation. And now we are now stuck with another foreign-based coach. For me, up to this moment, I can't figure out the formation that Randy the Wardrum played yesterday. Is it a 442? Is it a 433? I can't transform it because why? We have a uh, lot of talent in his uh, disposal and yet he doesn't know how to use them. He used most of the players out of position. And then people were complaining that Oshuala is not performing for Super Capcom the way he is performing at FC Barcelona. Have you, have you ever, like, Compare the midfield of FC Barcelona to the midfield of the Super Falcons. Our midfield yesterday was totally blank. Blank, like to the extent that once the central defense gets the ball, the first thing that comes to their mind is to loop it over to the attack, eradicating the, the midfield totally. We have Chikweyu, Aide, and others in that meeting. Yet, we cannot make up to 10 passes without interruption. At a point, um, Ashley Plumter was being forced to take the ball forward by herself because she is not getting the air that she needed from the midfield. So, if I'm to pick point two, uh, to pick two points as the fourth yesterday, number one would be the coach formation and tactics, and the two will be our midfield. With Achikwelu is old, let's give other other players chance to prove themselves. Yesterday, I was expecting Randy to make a substitution even before we concede. Then, our dear coach waited until like 80 minutes before bringing on players. Not like we don't have um, a score deck, we do, but the coach is feeling so reluctant to make changes. Against South Africa, in my personal opinion, I did not expect Oshala to start that game. Not because she's not good enough to play against South Africa, but because these South African players know Oshala in and out. So before she even gets a pass, we have like four or five players cluster around her and they are not ready to even get the ball. They are ready to injure her because they know she is our key player. So I expected a coach to start with maybe the like of Informa Onomono and Marklin. Let them weak that defense, then bring on Oshuala to come and cause the damage. But we see what happened. Oshuala started and unable to deliver. In that game yesterday, I think three people stand out for me, and that would be Ashley Plonta, Rashid Da, Jibade, and Tony Pei, because they really played up to expectation, even though their best is not enough, but they really uh-huh. played to expectation. Mola, yes. Olome, no stand out for you. My sister. Olome, Olome, Olome was literally doing clearing and forwarding. 
I don't know how many yeah. interceptions she made. Clearing, clearing, clear, clearing and forwarding was one of the problems that we faced yesterday against South Africa. No, you but want I'm to play talking about in... defensively now, taking out the danger first as a defender. That's your first instinct. Yeah, taking out the danger. I won't say on a medical platform she's experienced and everything, but not to my expectation because you expect more from someone playing at seven outcomes. You understand? That is that seventh appearance at the tournament. So I expected more from her. But considering her age and everything, she actually did that best. So I expect they were the one to use maybe Onome and Obona or Onome and any other player that could be young. Because at that stage, you need help. It's not every time that you can use your physicality. And going by her age, she believes that. She cannot use that physicality again. That is why she was forced to do the clearing authority. If you listen to this reality after the game, she made mention of something in a uh, post-match conference that we force Nigeria to play long balls because we know we can force their defense to make mistakes. And it's worked out. The same thing they did at the Aisha Buhari Cup. It's always worked because our defense is aged. We have Oale, Osinashi, and Onome. These are 30 plus closing to their forty in defense. So you cannot expect them to stay up that pace and that physicality. So they need uh, young legs around them that can come to their head whenever they need it. Now we are talking about clearing and forwarding. In that game yesterday, what we needed was what Ashley was trying to do before she got out. And that is to hold the ball force the South Africans to commit foul against you, not just caring. Like all the caring and forwarding that on did, how many of it landed to our teammates? They always fall at the feet of the South Africans and they immediately attack fast before the defense can even rest. And I think we miss Chairman Dozier in that game as well. I'm not saying always not, not good, but I think she's much rusty. So I think we need um, Chairman Kana Jose in that game. Before yeah, but of course, I think was... the coach was forced in that one. Um, in that game, the coach was actually forced. It wasn't. It was beyond him. Chamaka yeah, you know, was beyond yeah. him. Yeah, it was the same thing that happened in Ghana in 2018. Chamaka was not available for the first game against South Africa that we lost. Yeah, I, I, I understand, but I would have, like, actually expect him to start you and the Balogun in four mm. yesterday, mm. yeah. She's also good, yeah, she's also good, even though that would be like debut, but she's so good, and that step factor will be there for the defense line, like, oh, you know, this person that we have in the pool is new, we have to do extra work. In order to protect this territory. But if you notice that at a point, Onome and Oale were like, oh, Olu is experienced, we can still go further, we can do this. At a point, I was afraid that Onome is going to do own goal. Not because she, she, she is not good, but because Olu is always coming out of her line, even when Onome has the advantage to clear the ball. So because there was miscommunication between them. The communication exactly. between them was not smooth. Yes, exactly. and it was very obvious. It was very obvious early on. Within the first ten minutes, that was obvious. Yeah, so. and, and the South Africa, especially Katlana, was trying to take advantage of that because immediately she get the ball from the flag, she just puts it in place and wants to run because she knows that Olu is going to come out and she will be ready to shift 
the ball over her. And if you look at the first and second goal, I think the goal is very similar to always coming out of our position and also why they are trying to keep offside that they are not so good at. So mm-hmm. going forward, going forward, I would expect uh, uh, Randy to work on our midfield. It's not about big names. It's not about experience. We need to look for players that can actually hold the ball, move with the ball, and not just kick and follow. So the friend was trying to do that in midfield. Everybody was trying to do that, but immediately they lose the ball. They will have to come back to their center. And they imagine with the central defenders trying to do the work for them. And I think we were supposed to be in the midfield, ensuring that the ball did not even reach our defense. But because the ball is not really going forward, she has to like move a little back to join Onome AB and Osna Shiohale. And so Mola, I think... Mola, I think... Yeah, me too. So it's... From all you have said now, because I'm of the opinion that our coach is not coaching anything because from what you have said now there's problem in defense there's serious problem in midfield there's a monumental problem in attack so it looks like the coach is literally not doing anything Uh, just like like I mentioned earlier our best performance um, tactically was under the like of Florence Omar Bimi and Uche Ukira. Since under the Navy and even under the Wardrow, I can't perform the formation they are trying to play. It's just keep the ball and run outside as if they are pushing a secondary school team. So I'm thank you very much. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you very much. Um, over to you, Fisayo. I. I know you have quite a lot of things to say and want to hear what you think went wrong in that game yesterday and what is the problem? How can we, what can we do do going forward against Botswana? Well, interestingly, I don't have many things to say, to be frank, because um, it just went in the biblical word that when the foundations be destroyed, what would the writers do? <laughs> yeah, so... I, I'm not in for all this revisionism or, you know, laying blames. Like I said in my opening um, statement, the, the defeat was not unexpected for me, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the problem with the Falcons goes beyond the coach. Yes, um, the coach, of course, the team obviously lacks coaching, but you can't inject new ideas into mm. into old engines. That's, that, that's what I feel. A lot of people have... Mm. But I also didn't see her doing anything because even in the first half, especially when the the, the, the South Africans had about 68 or so percent of possession, it was basically because these are experienced players, old players, playing without confidence. So it, mm. it, it, that, that's why you see every now and then the ball, the ball is coming on Ome and um, Oluei are trying to run at each other. They are playing with fear, and I don't know at that age. It's not the first time. It has always happened. So, uh, you know, you needed a coach. Yes, that's where the coaching comes. That will be able to tell them in training that, look, play this way. Pass this way. Give the ball to the goalkeeper. Pass this thing. Let's pass from there. How many times have you know, I I was imagining something yesterday with, with the little football I play. I cannot play in a team where I cannot pass to my goalkeeper or to, or to my last man. But the Falcons can practically not pass to their goalkeeper. This is what 
common struggle, common community are, are doing at the apple. You know, so like I said, a lot of things, but one thing I know about this team is the way they've been doing is what they've been doing for four, six years. Even the Omagbimi stuff that we are saying, is what Falcons have been doing. And it's still, this thing they are doing in this tournament, it's still enough for them to win the tournament. That, that's what I believe. Yet, they've beaten, uh, South Africa have beaten them. They play Botswana next. They scored three goals. They win 4-1 or 4-2. And then against Burundi, they scored six goals or seven goals. Wait, this goal, uh, you think we'll beat Botswana and score four goals? Down, that's down. Forget what I you guys agree. are saying against Burundi. If, if, if Burundi... If Burundi with, hmm. with, with kindergartens can score two goals against uh, against Botswana, then imagine what Nigeria will do. Nigeria, we, you know, it, Nigeria's play has always been individualistic. So when you play against a team that is well-dreed, against a team that is well-coached, you will have problems. But when you play against a team that you can bully, all these so-called young teams, you will hmm. outscore them, you, you, you will overpower them. Before Botswana passed out from the back here and there, pain has run. Even though if Ishola is fit, she has she has disposed and if you make mistakes at the back, you will score goals. In the end, they may not even be able to score more than one against you and you you get you end up scoring three or four. So this team will still get to their destination. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I actually agree with you on that one because this last thing that has nothing to lose. They are coming Forget. to the tournament to actually enjoy. They are not fighting what? for the night or anything. We are the one at the receiving end with so much He's pressure. He's talking about Botswana. Mumalat, We can always come back to this. I'm, I'm just being realistic. They have nothing to lose, but they will lose. It's the fact. Botswana <laughs> cannot be my friend. It's how it is. Botswana cannot beat Nigeria. Burundi cannot beat Nigeria. Even on 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 our lowest days, what we did yesterday against South Africa, if we did against Botswana, we are winning. So the, mm. the the next difficult game for Nigeria will be against Cameroon. If we get to get to face them, well, and a little bit against the host nation Morocco, and then against South Africa, only only these three teams can can trouble Nigeria. So uh, you know, to to summarize what I've been saying, is just that a lot is wrong structurally with the Falcons. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we are waiting to next year's World Cup to phase out these aging players. So mm. which means this same. Analysis that you guys Set are doing. Of players. You, you, you will still do it at the World Cup next year. Are, are, are you even sure that these players will face out towards the World Cup? Because I feel like no. they want appearances at the World Cup. So are you even sure that they will face out? That's the question. Hey, that's after that's the World that's Cup that's now. It's after the World Cup that Nigeria <laughs> wants that player. Because it, 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 feels, it feels like we are, we, are, we, are, we are rolling after appearances for, for some players like Sashiko, for some players like Onome Ebi. That's, that's yes, we are, we, are using, we are using the national team to, ra- to wrap Honestly. up. Please. Um, I mean, and then we we'll come up with against and for players, six numbers for players. Honestly, that's how I see. But but for South Africa, I actually feel like South Africa ha- they have a grudge against Nigeria, and I can understand all of the finals they've been to. I mean, or yeah, I think all but one they've lost to Nigeria, so I can understand having a grudge against Nigeria, having a grudge against one of the biggest teams that keeps knocking them out, and. I feel like maybe we have not even realized this yet that they have a grudge against us, or maybe we do realize, and we still we are only just bank on our uh, bank on our uh, uh, being bullish. I mean, bullying our way to the title. I think that's what mm-hmm. we're doing at the moment. And Molas was talking about anyway. Even passing, they were they couldn't pass. Listen, there was only one game plan we had yesterday, and that was long ball. It was obvious. And I mean, credit and it was to terrible. 
Yes, credit to Desiree, she said um, they forced us to play long balls. No, I, I feel like that was our game plan from the very beginning. Long balls that has never exactly. worked. And if you exactly. notice, and if, and if, if, if you notice the few times that we put the ball on the ground to play, we played we some sensible to. football. But 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 then there there were. I think we had about two or three more Tony Payne in that midfield. Exactly. Exactly. Mr. Chikwelu, who is known to pass the ball from time to time, she definitely she lost her pass yesterday. We didn't pass to the ball. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I see no reason why Okobi should not have been on the pitch. See, see, eh, see, even Okobi. Let me tell you, not be here. They, they are like, yeah, they should all not be there. But they I feel like Okobi, Odega, for instance, even I think Odega came in, I think for like five minutes, and see, Odega, yeah. there was a little bit of urgency to our game. Anyway, no, 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 no problem. Wait, wait, wait. Can we can we take this slowly? Um, blessing. Blessing, carry on, and then as soon as you're yeah. done, um, Fisayo. Okay, so so as I was saying, I, I feel like we have not realized that South Africans have a grudge against us, or maybe we do realize and we are just banking on booming our way to the country like we do all the time. Listen, I talked about the long ball, listen, the long ball. Listen, and, is it yes, a is yes. it a grudge or that they are they are better? Is it a grudge or that they are better play? They they are better trained. Is it a grudge or that they are better coached? <laughs> they are they are they are better. Listen, they are better coached. They are better trained, and they also have a grudge on top of all of that, which we do not have at this point in time. And I feel like they've also figured us out so much that our pattern is just long ball. So they don't need to come here and play your pattern. So all they need to do is put the ball on the floor because they know that you're still always going to lump the ball forward trying to look for an exact control. And they know that is your game plan. And I think that's also synonymous to many of our Nigerian national teams. Many of them, pretty much synonymous, synonymous as that's the way we play. So the question now is how we should start asking ourselves, are we indeed going to start... Uh, transitioning indeed or we just want to hang on to some of those old legs around the team while still also trying to use the new legs that's, I think that's the question we start asking ourselves we cannot continue this way how long before other teams maybe like a camera for instance you know, find us out again those are the questions and before I, before I drop, drop the mic um, I also want to talk about group B a little bit uh, I listened to Mola talking about uh, Adela Unshuta and Ungene the prisoner I'm sorry those two players, they were terrible by my own standards. And I even thought was the reason why I got into the castle on the side was actually substituted at some point. They were very, very terrible. Very terrible. I mean, these big teams need to start looking at what and ask themselves, what are we doing? What are we doing? Thank you very much, um, Blessing. So, Fisaya, you were saying something in response to Blessing. Oh, 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 yeah, you know, um, I think one of the reasons I'm on this podcast is to to be controversial a little bit and you know, <laughs> stoke, stoke some fire. But, you know, um, uh, it's a pity for the rest of Africa, you know, because this is the best chance for the rest of Africa to catch up on Nigeria. Because after the next World Cup and the likes of Onomebi, um, Rika Chikwelu, even Osinachi Oale, Ngozi Okobi, Asisa Tushola, even, um, who is this guy? Even um, Alimatu Ainide. The moment they are phased Tochuku. out. Yes, no, so, Tochuku is, also, is already, is not, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, the moment these guys leave, 
the rest of Africa will be in trouble once again. Because even right there in Morocco, on the bench, you can have mm-hmm. players that are, you know, we have on the Monday. You know, this is one thing that a lot of African teams, African countries are not noticing. The last under 17 and under 20 World Cup did not hold. We could not produce some more young players. The young players we have at the moment were the ones that were at the under 20 in 2019. That's why we have, I think, like four or five of them presently in Morocco. Nadozie, Ajibade, Pisefi, Christy Uchebe. These are... These, these players I mentioned, they are better than the ones that started yesterday. So, by the time people, they are not in Europe playing playing regularly, getting, you know, to, to learn and relearn stuff they've learned from the Nigerian League. By the time we phase out the old legs and they come in after next year's World Cup and become Tatars, where you now had the diaspora legion of the Plum Trad, the, the Pains, you know, the Alozier. And then on a 20 World Cup comes up, the, I think it's this year or next year. And then um, I'm expecting to see a, a, a mobile left back, like Imuran, you know, full back. See, the mm. will be in So let's just wait. And like I, I've always been reiterating, this team will at least get to the semi-final. There's nothing Africa can do about it. But Africa, they are sleeping. They are sleeping the thing they are catching up. <laughs> By the time we... You know, we, we, we have only... Because of the politicking of the Amadou Penic board, that's why we... we, we, we it's the same thing with the Super Eagles. We know some players that, that have no, no, no business in the Eagles anymore. But we don't want to make the changes because of politics. We don't want to... So I, I know that the changes will make themselves by next year's World Cup. Then once we phase out these ones, I just hope we can get, even if it's, even if, 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 if I have different people like this Moses Aduku, like we have some coaches. That, the moment Falcons played to beat Baeta Queens in Abuja in, in their last 20 game, I knew they are coming to Morocco to shit to out themselves to another title. You know, so I won't complain. It, it, it's something we expect. Good luck to the Falcons, but I cannot wait till after next year's World Cup for a new lease of life for Nigeria's senior women national team. Hmm. Thank you very much, um, Sister. Uh, Favor. So, um, over to you. Hello? Shall I, can I come in? Yeah, hello? Favor. Okay. Yes, okay. Favor, bear with me, please. Um, this goes, this guy has um, dropped a lot of bombs. But what, 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 <laughs> what has struck me, um, what struck me last night um, when I was watching the game, I, I, everybody, most people who know me when it comes to football is, I, I, I do not, I do not take coaches and coaching lightly. What struck me within 10 minutes of watching the game yesterday, two things. I thought the referee was not going to give us any any 50-50 decision. That was one. Two, the second thing that struck me was we were playing against a better coach team. The South Africans were bunched up in midfield. Always, there was always somebody... In, available for the person in possession and you couldn't see that with our own team we we tried a lot to to use up the speed of um, Oshuala but after a while the South African just dropped back and there was no space for Oshuala to run into so my, my own question is it's not even so much my own feeling is that it's not even so much as having to um, do away with some of the supposed old players is that the ones that were, the players that are available, have they been properly used? I don't think so. 
And as um, Visco has eloquently put it, we'll find a way and make ourselves to the to the semi-final, which automatically, I think, qualifies, which automatically qualifies us for the World Cup. I will fear with what will happen at the World Cup. However, the Flamingos are the will be in Costa Rica for the under-20s. So, like Fisai also said, maybe we'll be able to pick out people from that under-20 who would help us in um, Australia and New Zealand if we do eventually make it there. Go ahead, Favor. Okay, right, sir, before favor comes in, I just want to say something because a lot of times people say uh, maybe if you have good enough players, there's little that the coach needs to do. And I always say, take for instance, see what happened yesterday when the coach is even playing players in the wrong position. There you go. If you will have, you will have. Um, Ashley now was supposed to be at centre back, and then they moved that to left left back. She was playing full back. You had um, what's what's the name? The um, the unmonu lady who was playing from the wings, if if I remember correctly, and she was a top scorer in the qualifiers as our top nine. You are shifting players around, so I mean you're going to affect the way they play. Anyway, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, what Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria football believe in. Which role do you play? And they be like, I'm a utility player. Or that, which position do you play? What is the utility player? We don't have Oshuala. Onu Mono played as a central forward and she banged in the goal. Now, utility player, mentality. Onu Mono is playing from the wing. Ashley is playing from the At the point, Ashley was struggling to even carry the left leg. She was trying to like... Everybody is playing from midfield. Anyways, um, Fever, go ahead. Okay, Hello, guys. Are you there? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. All right, good okay. afternoon once again. Um, I must say that um, a lot of us, many of us have said uh, basically what I would want to say, but I want to come to the angle of the coaching uh, crew. I would say that um, when Randy Waldron was appointed, I was one of the persons, few persons that you know questioned that appointment. And I was made to understand that university football was better. You know, when a university coach comes into a team, he knows his onions, he knows how to scout players. I said, okay, no problem. But at the Aisha Barry Cup, it was like a friendly match, a friendly event for teams to know how prepared they are for the qualifiers. But I would say it's obvious that Randy Waldrop did not learn or did not improve upon what we saw at the Aisha Barry Cup when we played South Africa. South Africans exposed us and gave us a clue of what to expect if we don't, you know, arrange our house or put our house in order. But it was it's so sad that yesterday we still saw the same thing. One of the things you would notice about Israel is she understands the Nigerian team. She understands the players. She understands how each and every one plays and um, knows what to do. For her to make some substitutions, I mean, the team she started with, if you look at the lineup yesterday, she did start with Jane Van Vyck. I mean, she was on the bench yesterday. The goalkeeper for South Africa, the number one goalkeeper was on the bench. That is what. Now, mm-hmm. if, if anyone that would have seen that lineup yesterday would probably think, oh, what's she thinking? Uh, Van Dyke is on the bench. Swart is on the bench. But this is a woman that, you know, she already knows that one day these ladies would, you know, leave the national team. So she's already preparing for life after these players. And guess what? The defense of Matalu and Umbane caged Atisa Toshola yesterday. And it didn't look as if... She troubled the defense, except for the fire that the uh, shot she shoots, you know, from close range. But, uh, but team, to be fair, Azizas was injured for the majority of that game. Now, he said, to be fair, Azizas played at least up to like 20, 30 minutes before that knock came, right? 
She played yeah, 20 minutes plus before the before the knock came, and if she was injured, I mean, there's just, the coach should know better. Even the player should also know better that oh, I can't continue in this game. It was obvious that Sarah Shola was not really even the position she was played. Of course, we've talked about the out of position aspect, but I, I think the NFL exactly. when exactly. when recruiting for women's football, one thing I would say is we have seen joy with our national team coaches, but we are not patient, especially when it comes to our indigenous coaches. We are not patient. And that's why if you notice, the South African coach has been with the team before 2016 and also to the Nations Cup and now. Look at the Zambian coach, Wepu. Wepu was at the last Nations Cup with Zambia in Ghana. And you, you can see that they were able to still hold, hold Cameroon, the Cameroonians, like the Dr. Lions of Cameroon. So what I'll try to say is, our girls, we need to start giving room for players who you know that will take over from these ladies. For instance, Rita Chikwelu, I don't know what, what she still has with the national team, but it's obvious. If you look at when she was controlling the ball, she takes about 10 seconds to decide where she turns the ball to. And football has gone beyond, you know, wasting time on the ball. Look at Uche Nakano on the bench, starting from the bench. I mean, we saw what she did with Mexico, and she has also shown that she can also do one or two things with the national team. As well as Oshola over the past few years, have not given us what we expect from her when it comes to the Super Falcons. Yes, she's good. She scores goals in Barcelona. But when she comes to the national team, it's a different ball game. So going forward, like Cesario said, it's a foundational issue. We have lost it in women's football. We are just trying to patch it. Thomas Denebi said something in Ghana. If you remember, during one of the press conferences that uh, football is no longer the same in Africa in terms of women's football, it has improved and teams are coming up. The Kosafa region, I think the last Kosafa Cup, Tanzania won the Kosafa Cup, even displacing South Africa. We've seen how Botswana have also improved to qualify. But what is really happening to the West Africa region? Trust me, aside Nigeria and maybe Ivory Coast, the West African region is gradually going out of women's football. It's not going towards, tilting towards the South Africans, the you know, North Africans. Whether we don't, we don't want to agree or not, but you look at it, look at the gameplay we are seeing already. They are really intentional about developing their football in that zone. But what are we doing? We, yes, we want to qualify. We qualify for the World Cup. We play the World Cup. We are back again. And since we will qualify again. But it shouldn't be that alone. We should be able to have a squad that will compete, not just struggle to, you know, to go past a particular team, but play a good brand of football. The long boss you know, was not working yesterday. Actually, Prompter, for me, she has played with Onome AB, even at the qualifiers. I would have preferred her to play with Onome AB, bring a natural left footer to play from the wing back or the fullback position, have Ashley Plumter and maybe an Anonome or Ashley Plumter or, or Harley from the central position so that we can have room for a natural left footer. Yes, of course, I know Gloria Bona, um, she has not been on top form. I mean, we saw her, how she got a red card, you know, in, in the previous qualifiers and Aisha Barry Cup and all of that. But she would have still probably, you know, still help in that left wing, we, we, um, whereby Ashley Plumter comes to the defense. And of course, if I uh, if I'm on Umunu from the central forward, as well as Shola from the wings, but we didn't see that happen yesterday. So it all boils down to the coach. The coach should take the first blame. He's obviously in his homework very well. And I don't know, maybe he's respecting some players. Oh, this girl is a big girl. We don't want to bench her. We don't want to do this. But you need to take both decisions as a coach. Because whenever you don't get it right, you take the blame. And that's what we saw with South Africa yesterday. Siopunsewe was not at the Aisha Bari Cup, but you could see that Siopunsewe still understands what she needed to do at the right time. They played a 4-4-2 formation and it worked well for the South Africans. They put the ball on the ground, stopped us from doing our high pressing or whatever we wanted to do, and boom, we can't we all... press high. With which players now? Is it Rita and my um, day that will be pressing, that will be running around? Even Oshola, that is literally, that is most, one of the fastest, has lost pace because, of course, you will continue to you are not getting younger. So, we weren't even able to press. And I also think, 
this is me thinking now that the Super Falcons, in as much as South Africa is a very good team, I think they sort of have this overconfidence that we're going to do it. I mean, South Africans, we're going mm. to go past them this time around. And mm. I'm still seeing this obsession in the media now, seeing that, oh, that was how we lost the first game against South Africa and Ghana. We're still going to go far. I think they should actually work on more than talking or more than believing. In that. I know, yes, believe is part of football, but it's beyond that right now. Ghana is Ghana. Morocco is Morocco. Let's ensure that we, yeah. we, we change our we might definitely score against Burundi and win Burundi, but I have a feeling that we might draw a game and win a game. I don't know which of them. That's the next games. I just have that feeling. We win a game and we draw a game, and they'll probably qualify in the next round like that. All on to get to the semi-finals, but it's not going to be easy. What we saw yesterday is it's very easy to say South Africa. Oh, Burundi is small. Botswana is not. But if you watch Botswana and Burundi, yes, you might say they are not really top clubs, top countries in women football. But they have fast players. They have players who can put the ball on the ground. They have players who can score from close range and even outside of the box. I mean, these players... I mean, yeah. if you saw the quality of goals yesterday... Tokele of Botswana, Sandri of Burundi. Look at their goals. It's not... They didn't catch them. They, they were shooting quality, from outside the of the box. quality goals yesterday. So, it's it's, let's see what happens Table. in the next round, though. Yeah. God bless you for talking about the quality of goals. You know, at a point, Super Falcons were trying outside shots, and they were shooting the ball as if they want to kick balloon. I was like, what is going on? Are these people having a bag of cement on their feet or something? If you look at look at the ball that we used to score, look at the kick from Onomeezi. If Ajibade was not in that position, even my grandmother would have catched that ball easily. Because the ball, no, 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 no falls, nothing. And look at the Botswana and Burundi game. Those girls were eager to score. They were so hungry. The way they kicked ball, they kicked the ball and said, this is my problem. I have to kick it away. They were kicking ball with passion. But to my surprise, the Super Falcons have just lost the spark. The way they kick ball, the way they control. Chief Wale control one ball, I think around something in it. And she turned herself to a kick maker like, oh, mama, you've been staring just to make a pass. So I think the problem goes beyond having um, good quality players. Now the coach now needs to sit down, analyze the ability of the players, and know who to start and who to bet, and not just about the big names. Thank you very much. Please, Shona, I just say something now. Please, I just saw something on okay. uh, WhatsApp group, and I think that Nigerians, we all, we, some of them always do this. I don't know. It's it's not a crime if you have dual citizenship. To play for Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are still a Nigerian. Now, I saw a comment mm-hmm. in a group now saying that Nigeria will continue to experience upsets since they prefer foreign-based athletes to their home-based athletes. I mean, how do how do some persons think? Is it a crime that Ashley Plumter or where you find your no mono? These are these are girls that have really done a lot too since they came into the Falcons. I don't know where they the mindset came from yesterday. I don't know where the mindset came from, where you see people complain about If the losing side, if the losing side are to take man of the match award, is going to be Ashley Plumter because she really did well. To my surprise, though some people that complain about having dual nationality, I would say maybe they are thinking from another angle, and that is because at the, at the start of this whole thing, when I saw the um, list of invited players, I was like, these are players coming to Africa. We didn't really adjust to the Africa condition of football in terms of pitch quality, the weather condition, and everything. But to my surprise, the ones that really did well in that sport yesterday were the abroad-born players. 
So if we, I'm not saying we should not get like a dual nationality player, but they should be the ones that are ready to play, that have what it takes to play African football. And for that, I applaud NFS for the caliber of players they have invited into this team. Okay, so favor, let me put you on the spot from Group C. Which teams do you think would qualify? Of course, don't forget, um, like um, Fisher said, that there is the angle of the third best um, teams. There will be two extra spots for the for the two best third best teams, something like that. Uh, for the third place teams, two extra spots for the third place teams in each group. So, which teams do you think would make it out of group Nigeria's group, Group C? All right, South Africa will top the group. Then Nigeria and Botswana will go through. I don't know who will qualify as third, best third place uh, team, but South Africa will top the group. Nigeria and Botswana. Hmm. All right. Okay. So, um, blessing. How about you? What do you think? Nigeria, Botswana. Next game. Do you think we can beat? Do you think we can win that match? Because we need to win now. Actually, it is not a question of do I think. I do know that we are going to win and we are going to win convincingly. Like, I'm expecting a two new, three new, four new kind of score line and uh-huh. an improved performance as well. At the end of the day, yes, yes. Honestly, I, I'm expecting that. And at the end of the day, I see Nigeria and South Africa making that out of the group. Okay, South Africa to stop the group, but yeah, Nigeria and South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Your predictions for Group C? Well, I think I've basically said that previously. Um, Nigeria will follow South Africa as the top team in the team. Like Blessing said, <laughs> people forget that the South African goalkeeper also made some saves yesterday. And I don't think the Botswana goalkeeper will have made saves. So that's why I said, with what Nigeria played yesterday, they do it against Botswana, they win convincingly. You know, so Nigeria will follow South Africa too. Maybe Botswana can can get um, maybe a point from from South Africa because they are Kosafa rivals. They can't get a point from us. Yes, yes. We, we are getting the six points we are going through so that they might qualify as the third place team in the group. All right, then. Thank you very, very much. So uh, it's been it's been a good discussion about the women's AFCON going on in Cameroon and it's the first ep- episode and we're going to have soft we're going to have many more as the games you know keep coming in thick and fast. I want to thank everybody for being here. Fisayo, Favor, Molax and Blessing and also our producer Calvin Onka and ACL Sports publisher. Thank you very much for being here and See you all next time.